Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. Today I'm joined by Anna Trimble, a passionate advocate for women's holistic health who has a knack for the art of cycle syncing. With a background in kinesiology, Anna has combined her love of fitness and wellness to explore how harnessing the power of the menstrual cycle can optimize women's fitness training. What sets Anna apart is her practical understanding of how this method can be simply implemented for women of all training levels. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It's my absolute pleasure. So today I've got Anna with me and she is going to be talking about training and performing with your cycle, which is such a huge subject, something that's very, very important to me and obviously impacts all female athletes and very few know about it. So where do we start? Yeah, I mean, honestly, this subject, it's very, very new. I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. Um, It's definitely in the beginning a little bit confusing. And I feel like when I first started looking at this stuff, uh, I felt like I needed to go back to school and kind of like give myself my own health class. So um, there, there's a lot that goes into it, but, um, really like the, the best place to start and kind of where I started, um, I kind of like heard about cycle syncing online, just like on social media, it kind of just uh, kept coming up in my, my newsfeed and I didn't even know what it was at the time. This is probably like almost a year ago. And then, um, started diving into it, like looking at it online. And then I found this book. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. Um, and she's actually the woman that did a ton of research on this subject. And she actually coined the term and trademarked the term cycle syncing method. Um, and just through her health journey, she kind of figured this out and did a ton of research um, through kind of like her health struggle- struggles. Um, so that's kind of where all of this comes from. And really when I started researching about this, the first thing I did was read that book Uh and that book I felt like was just like the health class I never had in school. And I remember starting the book and I was just like, I feel like I just learned, you know, years worth of knowledge in such a short amount of time. And uh, I have my book, you know, next to me. And it's just funny because like I have so many things highlighted. I have like tabs everywhere in the book. It's like a textbook to me at this point. So um, that's kind of where I started um, learning about it. And that was like the the first step that I did. So being aware of your cycle and how it impacts you as a woman who, no, I mean, not even a woman who competes or trains, just as, as, a, as a woman is so important. Personally, I'm very, very aware of where I am. Always. Mm -hmm. My body is very obvious. For some women, it's not so clear. And some women just have no idea, and this this isn't a criticism because they don't know, how the different stages of the menstrual cycle will impact their training and their performance. And this is something that's kind of come up for me a lot because... I'll tell you a quick story. So I did a marathon a couple of months ago. It was my first ever... (laughs) probably last and first ever one and I was part of a group and you know we chat about the day what was going to happen loads of logistics about it and it was really bothering me I was really worried about what day the marathon would land on in my cycle Mm -hmm. because I noticed in my training depending on the day I could either have like a fantastic easy comfortable powerful run or heavy tired sluggish and I thought and I, I said this in the group I was like I'm really worried that if this lands on the wrong day of my cycle 
six months of training is almost out the window because I'll right. struggle to finish. And so many women responded with, well, what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. What, what, what? And they had no idea that that impacted them. So, it, yeah. I mean, th- th- there's too much to answer in one question there, but how, how, let, let's, I don't know. How did you start working with your cycle? And it's, it's gosh, honestly it's too big a question to ask as a question. Like, <laughs> what? It just asks this, where do we start? What do we do? How do we know? It's, it's honestly wild because I have, so for years and years, I had a period tracker app. Um, so I re- originally started like tracking my cycle on there, but like not really like actually tracking my cycle. Like all I wanted to know was like, when am I going to get my period next? So mm-hmm. I just would like log my period and stuff like that. But I honestly didn't pay attention to anything else. <laughs> um, and then after I read this book and started looking into this stuff, then I really just started like paying attention to my body throughout the month and like how I felt. And then like a light bulb went off and I was like, oh my gosh, like I just had realized how different I felt throughout the month. And it's it's just so funny because like on any given day, you know, like some days I would wake up and have like so much energy and some days I'd wake up and I'd feel like a total slug. And it was honestly just like paying attention to that throughout the month and like really just um like noticing it more and becoming more like in tune with it and I I I swear like years and years ago I just never paid attention to it I ignored it and to your point like you know I I've done half marathons in the past and and stuff like that and I would have never thought like oh if you know what if this race falls on my period what am I gonna do like just never crossed my mind because like mm-hmm. you know in the past we we're always taught to like you know if you have your period get like, on with it yeah, like push through. Go and, horse you know, riding. Right. Yeah. Do do whatever. Like it, it shouldn't affect your life. Like I was joking around with my sister the other day. We were like talking about this stuff and she's like, yeah, isn't it wild that like tampon commercials have people like playing sports and like it's it's just crazy. So um, it's, it is weird. It's such kind of <laughs> is gaslighting the right term. It's like girl power. You can do anything. It's like, yeah, I mean, I can but I don't really want to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like we're moving into a stage where we're allowed to go, um, actually, no, this is really difficult and um, I should maybe be kind to myself right now. And 100%. Give my body. I, I know personally there's there's one day of my cycle and it's just before a period, like literally the two days before or the day before, and I could just sleep all day long. 100%. I, just, I have yep. no energy. I can barely get up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And I said to my sister the other day, we were talking about it because I work from home and I work freelance. I was like, if I worked in an office, this would destroy me. I don't know how I would get through a day. I've done work on those days and been yep. so kind of foggy that I've made huge mistakes. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one day out of the month. But I'm just like, yeah, on those days, I'm just going to I'll just catch up elsewhere. That's fine. But there has always been this this push of, hey, it doesn't matter that you, you're bleeding profusely. Just yep. carry on. It's normal. Everything is great. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but I'm, I'm glad it's starting to become more, more awareness about how we work around and, and what actually our best results can be. So this is something that you do. You do really beautiful videos, and that's how I saw <laughs> you, you, where you draw out a calendar with each stage of your cycle and what you're going to do. So let's start. Let's start with talking about what the stages of the cycle are. Um, 
because yeah. this is one that always confuses me. Every time I've looked it up, I'm like, okay, I can work with what the days of the cycle are. But then these terms get thrown in like luteal and follicular and I don't know the others. I was like, no, but nobody's telling me when those phases are in terms of the days. So let's start with the basics. What is what? Yeah. So kind of like just like starting from square one, how I developed this calendar. Like I said, started with the book, read that, and then learned about the phases. But then it's like, okay, like I know this information, where do I go from there? So I bought a calendar, just a blank calendar, and um, just started writing the dates on there. And just talking about the phases in very, very simple terms, like the best way that I think about it, um, your follicular phase starts the day after your period ends. So like once your period's done, follicular phase starts like right after that. Um, and the follicular phase, I like to think of it as like inner spring. It's like, you're coming out, out of your period. You're like starting to get more it. energy, yeah, starting to get more energy. And, um, you know, your hormones are starting to be on the rise. So you're kind of like coming out of that inner winter, which is like the menstrual phase. So, mm. um, your body is just kind of like starting to wake up. And then, um, ovulatory phase is the next phase that comes after follicular. And that's our inner summer. That's when we're feeling the best. That's when we have like the best energy, um so that's the second phase and then luteal phase is kind of like our inner fall that's when we kind of start to like they kind of say like nest in a way you're kind of trying to like cross things off your bucket list before you kind of get in that more like introverted like a little bit on the tired side phase um and you're kind of like prepping for your menstrual phase and then after the luteal phase um menstrual phase comes after that and so like the best way and I think like the most simplest way to think about it is like inner spring, inner summer, inner fall, and inner winter. And I feel like that's also just the best way to think about it with like your energy levels. And that's what resonated with me the best. So that is such a great way of describing it. And it makes it really, really easy to remember <laughs> because yep. I can most definitely think of the menstrual phase as winter. Like yep. everything, curl up, yeah. yep. <laughs> hibernate, <laughs> look after yourself, feed yourself. Um, yeah. And everything Wrapped in a blanket, from there. Drinking yeah, tea. Completely. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. a re that's really nice imagery, and that's a really really nice way to describe it. Um, yeah, and it, yeah, like I say, because so often I've read there's there's never really a connection between day one, day two, day three, day four, and then what these are in the phases. So that that makes it much more clear. Okay, so these are the phases. I'm definitely gonna forget the words, but I'll I'll remember yep. the seasons, and <laughs> yeah, that will be easiest. fine for me. So then, how do we? What are we best at then? What what are we working towards in each of these phases and what, what should we avoid and, and how do we look after our bodies? Yeah, so, um, and, the, and the phases too, they kind of overlap a little bit. So I feel like I got a lot of questions just online of like, you know, how, how do you know like how many days each phase is? And it's just, it's, it's not perfect. It's more of just like a guide. So like mm. keep that in mind and like in perspective of like, when you're doing this, I feel like so many women are like, I want to get this perfect. It's like, just start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then also you start like, this has been almost a year of me trial, like, you know, trialing my body to figure out what's best for me. So like, this didn't happen overnight. So when people <laughs> are like trying to figure this out, and they're like, I just don't know how many days is what it's like, you just got to start doing it. And then like, you know, month by month, your body's going to tell you like, hey, I feel really good this day. I'm tired this day. Maybe we should rest this day. Um, so just talking about the workout in general. So follicular phase, like I said, it's like our inner spring. We're kind of just waking up. So, um, I kind of stick to a resistance training schedule for most of the, 
month because um, I do like to lift. And my lifting days aren't like super, super high intensity, but I just want to, you know, like build muscle. So um, that's what I focus on mostly throughout the month in general. But during the follicular phase, we do have more energy so we can, you know, sustain a little bit uh, higher intensity. intensity. So I kind of, in that phase, I kind of like view that as like our moderate intensity phase. Like we're kind of like starting to ramp up, but we're not quite at the ovulatory phase, which is our highest intensity. So um, that's kind of how I have my calendar broken out during the follicular phase. I'm lifting three days a week. And then in between those lifting days, I'm kind of just doing some type of cardio or something to match that intensity level. So mm-hmm. I'll be doing like an incline walk or a power yoga class, or, you know, you could do like a cardio class, just like anything that gets your heart rate like decently high, but isn't probably like the, you know, all out pushing like a, a hit class or anything like that. So, um, that's kind of how I view the follicular phase and then moving through um, towards ovulatory, which is like the inner summer when we're feeling great and feeling like we usually have so much energy. Those are like the days when I could schedule a hit class, a really hard cycling class, um, really anything that just like skyrockets your heart rate. That's mm-hmm. the best time to just like schedule during that period because you're just feeling the best. And then um, towards the end of your ovulatory phase as you start your luteal phase um you still pretty you you pretty much have like a decent amount of energy in like the first half of your luteal phase so that's kind of why i say it's kind of lower intensity but you can still you know do lifting um i just kind of start to slow down like my cardio days and i'll switch instead of doing like an incline walk or a power yoga class i'll kind of switch swap it for like a walk outside or something that's just mm-hmm. like low intensity but still something um and then towards like the the end of the luteal phase that's you mentioned you feel really tired like right before you get your period Mm -hmm. it's like those two to three days before you get your period and like once you get your period that's when I really Mm -hmm. I say I embrace my inner slug I just feel so tired (laughs) I literally just want to walk and stretch and like sit on the couch and rest um Mm -hmm. so those are like it's probably like the day before my period and then probably like the first two days of my period, I'll just kind of, um, walk, I'll stretch. Sometimes I won't do anything and I'll just rest and try and get as much mm. sleep as I can. Cause I, I've noticed I like sleep way more during that time too. So Absolutely. yeah. How did it impact you psychologically being able to take control of how your body is feeling? during your cycle because we all know that for success and fitness you have to be consistent if you Mm -hmm. are consistent it's going to work but it can be really really difficult when your body can feel so different every week let's just say every week right and you you might feel you know you might if you happen say you have no idea of your cycle what's going on and you happened in to start a new regime in the summer I'm sticking with the seasons because it works for me. Yep. And then, you know, suddenly you are completely out of energy and it kind of putting this kind of circuit breaker on routines is is really the death knell. And mm-hmm. people kind of go, oh, God, no, I can't do this. Yeah. But if you're prepared for that and you're going, well, yeah, I'll have this week. I can probably achieve this and I'll feel good and this will be enjoyable. But I know that at this point I'll take a day or two off and that's fine and that's okay. And then I'll start ramping up. So you're preparing for it rather than it being mm-hmm. a surprise. When you started to take control of that, how did it impact you psychologically in terms of 
how you felt about yourself and what you could achieve. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say it taught me to be way more kind to myself. Um, And I think that's like the biggest impact that I had just, you know, on my mental health, because I feel like, you know, before I would, I would be like, so caught up in like, why do I feel so terrible? Like, I should be like, you know, pushing myself to go to the gym, like, why am I in bed, you know, and now that I understand why I'm feeling the way that I do, Mm -hmm. I'm just way more kinder to myself. And I, you know, I'm like, understanding of like, why I don't feel the way that I do. And because I know this is a thing, and it's going to fluctuate, you know, week to week, it's like, you know, I might not feel the best today, but tomorrow I might feel better. And, you know, it's, I think it's really just, you know, being kind to yourself. And like, so many women commented on that video, and were like, thank you so much. Like I have terrible cramps right now and I was going to push myself to go to the gym, but like, thank you for validating my feelings. And I think it's just like giving yourself that kindness to be like, Hey, it's okay. Like you don't have to push yourself, you know, like 24 mm-hmm. seven. Um, and it's really just about like optimizing yourself and it's so much like they call it like women's biohacking on like the days that you do feel the best. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Cause there are theories that movement when, you are on your period is helpful for cramps but I mean personally I've always just found being a slug is what's helpful yeah (laughs) yep 100% obviously every woman is different and there will be women listening to this to go oh actually going for a jog might be helpful for me or doing some yoga I mean not for me and I'm not ashamed to admit that but it's really nice to after I mean I, I don't know how old you are but I know it was kind of pushed when I was younger to keep on being active and to keep moving and just like but I I don't want to. Am I doing something wrong? Am I lazy? Am I bad? Am I, I just, I just want to. And I think that's, and I think that's like the big theme. It's like every, and that's the other thing that a lot of women said, like, well, I feel good during this phase and I don't feel good during this phase. It's like, you just got to do what's best for you. And that's like the, the whole point of this method. It's like really just listening to yourself and not like feeling it like you have to do what others are doing, like do what's Mm -hmm. best for you and how you feel. And that's like, the biggest um positive of this method it's not like a one size fits all and you have to do this on this day and this on this day it's like you can do whatever you want whatever works best for you it's just like I think it's really important for women to just learn about this and really like learn about how their body works and listen to themselves because it was something that I just never realized for years and years and now looking back um like when I was younger like I played sports like throughout my whole life and all this stuff and I'm just like wow like this just would have made so much sense to me when I was younger and like feeling different ways and stuff like that but um at the end of the day everybody's so different and um everyone just should do what makes them feel the best so absolutely it is interesting how once you start paying attention you do see the patterns Mm because there's always the jokes (laughs) about like women every month why do I feel so tired? Why am I so angry? Next day, period appears. Oh, yep. yeah. And you you <laughs> yep. think after like 25 years we'd be used to it, but no, we're still taken by surprise. But once you start to kind of pay attention and you know, kind of pick up like, oh, you know, I'm clearly ovulating today. I just know that's what my body is doing. And you can mm-hmm. prepare for, right. I mean, like I say, for me, my biggie is that tired day. That yep. is... The, my period, not so much of a problem. It was when I was younger. Yes, my energy is low, but I don't really get the big pains anymore. But it's that tired day. And if I know it's coming, I can prepare around it. Even if it's, that's just in regular life, like, well, I'll just make sure I've not got a super heavy day that day. Um, and I, that I can just cope with everything that's on my plate. You know, what's funny, too, is 
doing like learning about this method, learning about my body before I had started this, um, my boyfriend would crack up because like he is such like wakes up in the morning. He's like super ready to go, has all this energy every single morning. And I'm like, how does he wake up like this? And like what? Like, you know, it's just like wakes up immediate energy, ready to go for the day. And then like days I'd wake up and I'd be like exhausted on my slug days. I'm like, how does he do this? And then in this book, it talks about just like the different hormone cycles between men and women and how like men are on a circadian rhythm and that's like the 24 hour clock. So it's like they wake up, they're ready to, so like they almost experience like the four phases in like one day. So it's like they wake up, they're ready to go. Like they do work, they come home and then they're tired and they go to bed. It's like they have this like 24 hour clock that resets and then (laughs) women have this like infradian rhythm that's like, fluctuating throughout the month and once I like put those pieces together it made so Mm. much sense because before like I mean obviously he didn't know about this method until um I started learning about it too and he learned about it and he was like this makes so much sense on like days when you're just like I don't want to get out of bed I'm tired and um it's just funny (laughs) noticing the difference even between us two and just like learning about ourselves so um I thought that was pretty funny once we uh figured that out as well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well I um reminded me of something I had a baby she's nearly six so when I was pregnant I had a really really great pregnancy I was super lucky it was very chilled oh, awesome. nothing went wrong very easy and my hormones were wonderful I mean I was a joyous human like sun shone out of me I was so nice and I felt <laughs> how nice like everything was brilliant I was very fortunate and I remember commenting at the time like is this what it feels like when your hormones are the same every day? Like, every day was just the same. Like, obviously, yeah. I had some tiredness. I had nausea. I had, you know, some of those things that were effects of pregnancy. But but me internally, I was just the same every day for, mm-hmm. like, nine months. And it was so great. And I was like, God, I yeah. can take over the world. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that sounds amazing. Um, it's funny in the book she mentions too, like she talks about pregnancy and fertility and all this stuff. And she does mention like when you're going through pregnancy, it's like you're kind of in this like quasi luteal phase for nine months. So mm. you're kind of like, you know, resting and nesting and like getting, you know, all your ducks in a row for before the little one arrives. So um, but to your point, you're like, wow, if I could, you know, feel this way forever, it'd be great. If I could just like wake up and feel the same, it's, it's, it's wild. It is. It is absolutely wild. So let's go back to a bit of the kind of training that you do, mm-hmm. um, and what people can do to use the term biohack. Mm-hmm. Like explain to me more a bit that term and, and, and how people can make the most of of what that means to make their training work for them because I'm guessing everybody's slightly different in terms of what training works for them just like we all we all like different sports and we all like different styles of training but but maybe there's some patterns in there I don't know like how can people make use of it yeah and I I would just say like the way that I have like my calendar laid out for the month and you know anybody can take this and make it their own it's like kind of just splitting out your month into those those four seasons and just really thinking about like you know I'm going to schedule moderate intensity like this time I'm going to schedule high intensity during this time lower intensity during this time I'm going to prioritize rest at this time and um really it's up to anyone like they can you know put whatever types of training they like to do um 
it's, you can really just tailor it to make it your own. But like I said, just knowing during that inner springtime, it's like, this is the time when you can, you know, really start to ramp up your training uh, during the ovulatory phase, you, you know, this is the time when I, you know, I can do the hardest classes, I can schedule the hardest thing. Um, during that luteal phase, like start to slow it down and kind of do that lower intensity and then menstrual phase really just try and prioritize that rest. And um, I also had a couple of questions from women that were asking, you know, asking, I, you know, I'm, I'm training for a marathon or a half marathon, like, how can I incorporate this? Like, I would say just, you know, try and schedule it the best around your training, but it's not going to be perfect. And again, just keep going back to that. Like this isn't a perfect thing. It's more of just like a guide to guide you throughout mm. the month. Um, and I would just say, you know, if you can, like maybe try and avoid like your longer, harder runs around like those days where you feel super tired and mm. um, maybe try and schedule the higher intensity runs, you know, during those phases when you'll feel better. And again, it's not a perfect science, but um, I think just like optimizing your energy throughout the month and your hormones and how you're going to feel um, works the best. It's interesting, isn't it? Cause say if we take marathon training, which is mm -hmm. mainly running with some strength. Right. The programs are designed week on week. I mm -hmm. mean, the program that I did, for example, yeah. was week on week you know you do a tempo run an easy run uh, a long run and that's every week and yeah I really struggled some weeks but hopefully we're starting to come to terms with the fact with that in the same way that people have written books that dictate how to be successful that don't accommodate neurodivergency and mm -hmm. people people don't really feel great because they're reading these books and go, but I just can't do these things. We're starting to realize, no, yeah, not, not every brain works like that. Not every person can just do these things and it will work for them. Some people have stoppers and that's absolutely fine. It, it's the same way, maybe not every woman can go for this week on week, heavy, intense training mm -hmm. uh, for for something like that. And then how how does she then make it successful for her? Because we're aware, we're all aware that majority of medical studies are based on men. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just fact. Very, you know, yep. we know that autism presents in women differently. And that's why fewer women get diagnosed, especially uh, as young girls. We know that heart attacks present differently in women. Uh, one mm -hmm. thing I always like to say to people is, you know, when you think back to when you were at school and you saw um, the body without skin, how mm -hmm. often did you see it without um, a body with milk ducts on there? Yeah. So that, that was a male body. And we know also the same for um, different races. It's basically based on white males. So there are um, people of colour who suffer massively because they suffer from diseases differently. So hopefully we're coming to a point where we can start to go, OK, this one size fits all doesn't work for everyone. Right. But it's still, it's still, I mean, I don't know how people do it because there are... I see Olympians come back after after having babies. I made a comment to someone once. This, this interest for me kind of kicked it off a couple of years ago when I spoke to an elite athlete. And I made a comment about how difficult it must be to compete on your cycle. And her response was, mm -hmm. I, don't have a, I don't have periods. Elite athletes don't have periods. And I was like, oh, my God, but you should. And then I was like, am I an idiot? And I was like, no, you should. <laughs> Of course you should. Like, and then there was an Olymp, uh, I think it was a sprinter or it was a runner who had a baby. And I was like, nope, <laughs> she definitely has a cycle. Um, yeah. And it kind of struck me that it's, you know, it's 
it's it's really really Im- important um does this book kind of touch at all on performance in competition and uh not as much no it, it really just kind of like I said this was kind of like the health class I never had but it talks about you know like what to do best for um just exercising but it also talks about food um so cycle singing your food throughout the month which is another oh, wow. thing which is super, super interesting, um, which, so just get kind of getting back to, you know, how I started doing this and kind of like where to start. Like I started like for me, the, the most simple thing to do was incorporate this into my training because of my background. And like, that just made the most sense to me, um, originally. So I started with training, but then she also talks about food, which is super interesting. And, um, I started to recently incorporate food as well and definitely have noticed, noticeable changes and um eating differently throughout the month and um the way that she talks about food it's kind of, it's you know there's different preparations throughout the month and different kind of like amounts of food you really need which I thought was really interesting too and another thing that I started you know like listening to myself and kind of noticing throughout the month is like um through like inner spring inner summer which is like follicular and ovulatory phase uh, we don't need as many calories, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning of the month. So like kind of like lighter foods better, like, you know, instead of eating like brown rice, like quinoa is a little bit better in earlier in the month. And um, for the ovulatory phase, we kind of process better with like raw veggies and juices and smoothies because um, it's a little bit lighter. And then as we kind of like go to that preparation phase and the, and the menstrual phase, um, we start to dig into those like nutrient dense foods where it's like grain bowls, rice bowls, um, soups and stews, like, you know, for the menstrual phase, like I love making like homemade, like chicken noodle soup or like something that's like super Mm. warming. Um, so she talks about, you know, how you can also cycle sync your food throughout the month, which I do think that the food thing is just harder because, you know, everyone's very busy. You're kind of like running Mm. out. Everyone's schedules are crazy. Um, so it's definitely harder to plan food throughout the month than the workout schedule for me personally, but, um, I am kind of working on organizing some things for food that I want to share on TikTok in the the coming weeks of like what I've been doing and what I've noticed and kind of just like a guide for that as well. So Mm. that's great. Of course. And that makes perfect sense. And it's so interesting because our bodies will need different nutrition throughout the month. And it's so interesting Mm -hmm to think that the period where actually we have the energy to be more active, we mm-hmm. need fewer calories. Yeah. And it, it goes to show so much about the female body. I mean, I'm going to yeah. go slightly off on a tangent here, but I had a conversation with someone a few weeks ago. You know, we always make this joke about how men can lose weight by like eating one salad and women yeah. <laughs> look at a piece of bread and we put on weight. And I made a comment. I was like, you know, in nature, the female of the species tends to be the bigger one. We are, mm-hmm. we know, we, the reason why uh, they breed hens to uh, slaughter rather than male chickens is because male chickens don't get big enough because they don't right. build that muscle. <laughs> they don't, they don't have all of that. We do because, you know, women do because that's how they're made. So it makes perfect sense that human women also are, are you know, we, we're not necessarily tiny, tiny little scraps you know we, yeah. we we can have bodies that work i kind of forgotten why i went off on that tangent but it struck me as important at the time 
But yeah, it's really interesting to think about how our nutrition needs are different. And again, that strikes me that that could be so useful for people who do want to be more in control of their nutrition, that don't have to go, oh God, all month I've just got to eat this and be on this really right. low calories. And no, if you can just do it for two weeks and then you know you have yeah. you can kind of change your food a little bit and have a few more things to look after yourself. I mean, that just that just sounds so doable. And, it sounds and getting, so doable. Oh, yeah. I mean, and just getting back to your point earlier about like, you know, psychological effects of like training with this method, psychological effects of eating this way through this method, like, you know, the, I understood now I'm like, okay, well, this is why I'm like not super hungry during these phases. And then like, you know, later in the month, why I feel like I want to eat everything or why I need more food. Because like, you know, before I learned about this, I probably didn't know why. I'm like, you know, I'd be eating a lot one day. I'm like, why am I so hungry? And then like other days I wouldn't have like an appetite, you know, at all. So it's just like mm. being like, it, it's almost that kindness again of just going back to like, you know, this is why I'm more hungry at this time of the month and not feeling like guilty about it. You know, mm. I think that's, I think that's important. I think so. And so on the whole with my food, I tend to be reasonably intuitive, like I'll mm -hmm. eat. And when I had a kid and I, I breastfed for about 18 months, it was actually post-baby feeding, which is where I put the weight on because I kind of needed to eat so much because I was feeding and I stuck with those portion sizes. And even when mm -hmm. she's six, I've really struggled to go back to my old portion sizes. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying I put a lot of weight on, but, you know, more than pre-child. Um, and during the day, I can be pretty intuitive. I don't have everything at a set time. I eat when I feel like it and I kind of go, what, mm -hmm. what is it that I really want to eat today? And it'll be different. But when it comes to the evening, I am very set on an evening meal. Like I mm -hmm. can't help but have, you know, with my family for 18 years, we sat down at seven o'clock and ate a big dinner. And I just mm -hmm. cannot break that habit. But sometimes I'll have an evening where I'm like, well, I'm not really hungry. I don't really <laughs> want an evening meal, but I'll still have it because mm -hmm. that is the habit that has been hammered into me my whole life. And hearing that makes me go, well, actually, if I kind of prepare in this phase and, you know, this period of time to go, hey, if you want to skip dinner, that's fine. You don't need it. Mm hmm. It's, it's almost like, yeah, you used the term biohack. It's like a little brain hack to go, yeah, you don't have to eat it if you don't... If, not if you don't want right. it, I always want to eat. But if you feel right. like you don't need it, that's that's fine. Right. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why. It's, it's not like I need permission to not eat. I definitely don't. But it just kind of goes, yeah, this is... Your body's telling you what to do. Listen to it. Listen 100%. to it. 100%. Yeah, and that's what this method has just taught me to, to listen to my body. And, uh, like... Not that I feel embarrassed, but like thinking of years and years that I just ignored so many things. And now it's just like this light bulb went off and I'm like, wow, like I just feel so much more in tune with like what's going on with me day to day. And like just through the training and the eating, I'm like, this just makes so much sense. And um, yeah, it just it just really clicks. But like you say, this was the biology lesson you never had. We were never taught there was any difference in our body throughout the month aside from you menstruate. Mm -hmm. You yep. have a period. You might feel a bit like this. These might yep. be the symptoms. Get a hot water bottle. Put your legs up yep. against the wall. <laughs> like, that was it. We weren't taught anything about the remainder of our cycles. So yeah, there, why would we was, think that our bodies require anything different? 
It's funny you say that because um, recently um, this one gentleman reached out to me who's a strength and conditioning coach, and he actually wrote a research paper on kind of like this cycle syncing and just kind of like women and their periods and like sport and everything. So we were kind of like, you know, um, talking back and forth and we were talking about like how crazy it is when we were younger. He said the same thing is like when, uh, you know, you're young and you like learn about your period in school. For me, they like separated the girls and the guys. I think I was like probably in like, I don't know, third or fourth grade or something like that. They had us in separate classrooms and they were like, oh, you know, <laughs> what they basically sat us down. They played some video from probably like 1970 and they basically told us like you get a period and like you can use tampons yeah. or a pad and like that's that and like that was it like I never learned about the phases I didn't even know what they were like I had heard the terms like follicular ovulatory all that you know uh post you know grade school and high school but like I never truly learned like you know this phase lasts for you know this time frame this phase lasts for this time frame like you might feel different during this phase like this is why you feel mm. different ways throughout the month like never ever ever learned that in school it was just like you're getting a period and here's a pad and that's that yeah. and that's like the part that I just look back and shake my head and I'm like oh my gosh like this would have been so useful when I was younger to know all of this but yeah, it absolutely would. I mean, I didn't even know until I was probably late teens what phase of your cycle it is you're more likely to get pregnant in. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. and I remember thinking about it. I was like, I would probably guess that it's pre-period and after your period, you're okay. And <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen like the, the movie Mean Girls, but it's like in that there's like a health class part in that Mean Girls and he's like, if you get pregnant, you will die. Like, it's just like, it's like more of a joke and stuff, but it's like, that's like kind of showing like the extent of like health class people and women are shown in like, you know, middle school and high school. It's like really just you're going to get a period and don't get pregnant. And that's really it. It's never teaching you like, OK, well, what times in the month are you more likely to get pregnant? You know, what times should you avoid? And none of that was taught. So um, just super, super important to learn. I mean, I'm going to go a little bit conspiracy theory here. Um, this morning when I dropped my daughter off at school and I was walking back to my car, I was like, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, I'll have a, I had a call at 10 this morning. So I was like, oh, I'll have my breakfast when I get in. And I was like, God, the hell of being at school and being told what time of the day you can eat and, mm -hmm. you know, what time of the day you can go for a pee and, you know, having everything dictated to you. You know, there's ultimate control. Everything's controlled by a bell. And yeah, I know yep. this sounds a bit, you know, Looney Tunes, but... I guess if people are equipped with the knowledge of, hey, this is when I'm going to be great and this is when I'm going to be suffering and it's more than just two days. Uh, do they really want people to have that information? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Or I do know, people it's... just not think it's that important? I don't know. I don't know if it's, yeah. I, like like you said earlier, I think like, you know, in the past, a lot of studies have just focused primarily on men and not women. Mm -hmm. So I think like that's part of the issue. And I also think just like, people never talked about this before. I think like this subject was always kind of more like taboo and people didn't mm -hmm. like talking about periods. Um, I think especially like, you know, women are a lot of times uncomfortable talking about this with men and men probably don't know enough that they should. Like, um, I think it just goes back to like education, but also I just think that like this type of, uh, subject is so in like the early stages of research and like, there's still so much that needs to be done that, um, it's, I think it's just like really just beginning. So 
Um, it's funny, a woman commented on one of my videos and she's like, can you please like open a gym and then like have the classes for like each cycle. You can go to like a class for like whatever cycle you're in and just make it an oh all God, women's gym. Fabulous. And I was like, that is my dream. I'm like, oh my yes. gosh, like that's the best idea I've heard it all day. Like, <laughs> That is a wonderful idea. Imagine I know. That. I know. And, like, I mean, I know people don't want to share this information because they're all kind of political reasons, but the gym could literally tell you which classes you need to be doing that right. week. Like, ah, yep. we can book you on on these days or these days. Oh my yep. God, that's such a beautiful idea. I know. It's like the it's dream of like having like a, a really nice gym that's like super relaxed. You could even go there. There could be a spa attached to it for if you're like having your menstrual day and you just want to go and, you know, rest up. Like that's like the dream. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is the dream. <laughs> oh God, imagine how good that would be for life. Like, I know. I just, I'm in awe of how much, just how much nicer that would make life. I know. <laughs> it would be great. That'd be great. Um, when you were talking about the food earlier, it made me think. So a few years ago when I was more organized than I am now, I used to do a, a monthly meal plan, which mm-hmm. is not dissimilar looking to your exercise plan. Um and then I'd kind of divide up what I needed by different store because different stores sell different things that I like in particular. So be like, oh, I can do the big shop at this one and stuff that's going to last all month, like tinned or frozen. And I'll do a mm-hmm. restock of fruit and veg here at this time. And then I'll do a restock at this place. And it actually, like, it wasn't that big a deal. It was really, yeah. it was it was quite easy. I mean, I struggle with meal prep and the like because I kind of like to eat what I want to. Yeah. Um, and I'm the only adult in the house and I'm the only one who I feed. So it's very easy for me to do that. But, you know, feeding a family was different. Right. But yeah, it was. Um, that sounds great. Like if you if you tie the two together and you're doing both of them. Yeah. And I think the way that I've been kind of doing the food that's worked best for me is um, I kind of do it on a weekly basis. Cause to your point, I feel like if I like wrote out stuff for the month, I'd be like, oh, no, I don't want that. Like, to- like three mm. weeks later, I'd be like, I don't know if I want that for dinner. Like, um, <laughs> so I've been doing it on like a week, a weekly basis. And it's usually like on the weekend on like Saturday or Sunday. Um, I, I kind of prep for that week and I'm like, okay, for, you know, dinner for, I, I usually cook, f- uh, for two days. So it's like, I'll make a meal then have it leftovers the next day. <laughs> Um, so I usually just like plan it out for the week and it's like, okay, like, you know, Monday and Tuesday, I'm going to have this Wednesday and Thursday, I'm going to have this. And then Fridays, usually I'm out and about. So it's like, I'll be out at a restaurant or do takeout or something like that. So that's, what's worked the best for me for the food that I've realized is just doing it like week to week. And then it doesn't feel like such like a, a mountain of thinking about it through the whole month of just like like really just breaking it down into smaller chunks. Um, and I, I do like meal prepping. It's definitely just like, I, I feel so good when I do do it, but I don't do it every <laughs> week. So it's like, you know, on those like Sundays when I can food prep, I'm like, I feel amazing. Like I'm like superwoman. And then like other Sundays, I'm like, I don't feel like doing that. So um, <laughs> it just like changes. <laughs> but um, I think I found like the most success is just kind of like planning ahead for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel better for like during the week you know, when I'm super busy, it's just nice to have, um, just like the meals at least like planned out. So I don't have to mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So have you, how have you felt then the difference with working your food around? Have you, have you done much of kind of working your food around your cycle as well? Or were you saying that's something you're looking towards doing? 
Um, I have for probably about like two ish months at this point. Okay. Um, so I feel like I don't have like a good grip on probably like just changes from month to month yet, but I just feel like it also just like fuels my energy level. So it's like, you know, depending on like what I'm eating during that time of the month, it's just also just like going back to that, like biohacking, it's just kind of like working with all your systems and, um, it's really just like optimizing everything at once. So like, I feel like it's just, uh, enhancing those energy levels because like that's the thing that I noticed the most with doing this method is like I feel like before I started doing this I just felt like tired all the time where now I just feel like I'm more in like a flow state throughout the month of like Mm. um just a little bit more even keeled than I used to be so that's good that's good so you you share these on um social media and you have a lot of Mm -hmm. people kind of interact and ask questions what are some of the best questions that people have asked? Because uh, obviously I'm not going to come up with everything, but do you mm-hmm. have, like, coming? what's first coming to your mind? Let, let's go through a few things that people ask that have been struggles for people or they wanted a bit more clarity on so that we can kind of give people more information. Yeah, I mean, like, the number one question, I feel like, was people just asking about the different phases and just, like, what are they? Which I feel like we talked about earlier, yeah. um, just kind of, like, going through that. Like, that was probably the number one question and probably what... Um, most people probably have to educate themselves in the beginning. Um, another question I had lots of questions about birth control and like, can you do this method on birth control? Oh, and it's, of course. yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of, and that's kind of like a weird, uh, area for this, but it's, and it's kind of like yes and no. So like, um, when you're on birth control, obviously you're, you know, you're taking these synthetic hormones and you're not experiencing these four phases throughout the month. Um, so, you know, you can incorporate this method, um, when you're on birth control, but it's just going to be kind of like, you're incorporating this and just doing it on different days, but you probably won't feel differently because you are taking synthetic hormones that are making you Mm. feel a certain way. I mean, that's a whole Um, thing in itself, isn't it? Like mm -hmm. I, I, I react differently to different ones, but I know one of my biggest problems on, uh, uh, contraception is lack of motivation. I think that's mm-hmm. the best way to best way to call it. So that's got its whole that probably needs a whole hack of its own in order to yeah. how to deal with different hormones that you're taking. Because yeah. it's not that you take those and you just go, oh, everything feels fine, everything's great. I mean, if that was the case, we would all be on it. But they right. actually and the, tend to feel I was, crappy for people. I was just gonna say, like going back to that, and um, so I've been off of birth control for almost seven years now, mm-hmm. and I was on it for quite a bit of time, and honestly. I felt horrible on birth control. I was severely depressed. I had really terrible anxiety, just felt also like tired all the time. Like it just didn't do it for me. And I honestly was on it for probably, I think I was on it for like four years. And I remember um, just, and and I I didn't notice it right away either. So like, that's like another thing for like women to think about, like, And also, I feel like I didn't have all the facts. Like, when I was going on birth control, they didn't tell me, like, this is how you could feel. It was just like, oh, here's your pack and just start it. And that was that. And times when I did bring up to, you know, my doctors, like, you know, I don't feel that great. They would just switch me to a different kind. And, oh, try this kind. And I would still feel terrible. Like, it Mm. it was just kind of crazy. But, like, the one thing I will say is, like, it was very, very slow in realizing that I wasn't myself on birth control. Like I was just for years kind of like ignoring how I felt. And then it just came to kind of like a breaking point, like towards the end of me being on birth control. 
I was just like crying all the time. I was like super depressed, super anxious, just anxiety through the roof. And I was like, I just, I need to go off of this. Like, I do not feel good. And honestly, I feel like I didn't even read closely about the side effects. Like I started reading about the side effects towards the end of me being on it. And I was like, I think this is why I feel so terrible. Like I need to go Mm -hmm. off. I went off and I felt like just like a veil had lifted, like a dark cloud had just gone away. Describe it. Yeah, it it was night and day. Like I was, I went from like you know crying, being super depressed, super anxious. Within like a month, I was like, oh, I like feel like myself again. It it was, <laughs> it was crazy. And it's like I think that I forgot like what my baseline was before yeah. I had started on birth control because it's like you start and then you feel this way and you're like, this is just how I'm, I feel and this is how I'm supposed to feel. But you're really not. You just forget how you used to feel, mm. and. When I went off, it was just like night and day. Like I could not, I w- I could not believe I was on it for four years feeling that way. Um, and it honestly took a lot of just like, I had switched doctors a couple of times because like I had gone for like annual exams. It was saying like, hey, like I do not feel good on this. Like telling them I was super depressed, super anxious. They would just switch me. And then I finally found a doctor um, that I love. I still go to her now. And she didn't like, she didn't guilt me into going off of it because a lot of those doctors that I had experienced made me feel super guilty for going off of it. And I don't know why that was like that. And maybe just like what they're taught in, you know, uh, med school is just to like, obviously prevent pregnancy is a huge thing. But, um, once I found this doctor that was just like, you know, super kind, super understanding, like really listened to what I was saying and how I felt, and gave me the space to be like, it's okay. Like you can go off and there's other ways to like, you know, prevent pregnancy and stuff like that. So, um, it's just, it was like the best decision for me to go off of it that I had ever done. And, um, I just hope that people are like more aware of just, if you're feeling a certain way, like it's, you know, not normal and you should listen to yourself and to your Mm -hmm. body and do what's best for you. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it took a few years of learning. And it seems like such a great solution. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, the reality is it's really unpleasant. And, you know, the, there are side effects listed, but every medication has side effects listed and the chances right. of them happening. Are, I mean, they cover just about everything, don't they? They probably yeah. have a list of standard ones that they put in every pamphlet. But Yeah, yeah. and I, unfortunately, too, just with, like, birth control in general, it's kind of used as, like, a Band-Aid for, a, like, a whole host of different, like, women's health issues, which this book dives into that a little bit, too. And it's, like... Instead of, like, really trying to understand, like, root causes behind different things, like, Mm. doctors are really just quick to, like, oh, just go on birth control. Like, you have acne, birth control. Like, you, you know, this birth control. And it's, like, it's just masking everything. Um, And then when you go off, you're left to deal with, like, all of the issues that you never fixed. And it's funny because um, I, like, didn't have too bad of issues with my skin, but then I went on birth control. My skin cleared up. I went off. My skin was crazy for months and months, like horrible acne that had to like my my hormones were kind of just all over the place and all out of whack from being on birth control for so long. So I just like my body had to like kind of naturally reset and start my cycle again. Um, But yeah, so had terrible acne I had to deal with once I went off and just like it's it's kind of just like a a bandaid over things, but it doesn't truly kind of like treat that root cause. Yeah. Absolutely. I know a lot of women who um, use birth control for 
skin problems and at the time we were like oh isn't it so lucky that you can take this and it stops it but yeah the the problems continued for years it didn't yeah. really fix what was going on and I mean sometimes there isn't an answer I know I know men who have had acne through their teens and as an adult and they've never found an answer to what's going on but they've also not pumped their body full of hormones right which they would have done if that option existed for them of course because something like that you know it's so painful and it's so you know people feel real shame over it so they'll do, mm-hmm. especially as a teenager, anything to stop it. But yeah, it's unpleasant. The the other effects are really, really unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. So of course that's interesting. Um, what else? What kind of other questions did you get? Uh, I'm trying to think of other questions. Uh, so the birth control was a huge one. Um, just uh, I I feel like most of the questions were like you know how do like where do I start? And I think like the the biggest question is just don't I would say like don't do everything at once like you just got to pick like one thing because it can be overwhelming to like learn about this you know you're Mm -hmm. learning so many new topics like all this stuff like and I in the beginning I remember being like okay so I'm gonna like do my workouts I'm gonna do my food and I was just like okay this is too much like I just need to start with one thing absolutely yeah so that's what I started with the the workout schedule um which really really helped me and um the the workout schedule too it just like provided that variation throughout the month which I hate doing the same workout every single day and so like (laughs) I really look forward to throughout the month like all right this week is like my uh high intensity week this week is my lower like it just it really uh gives me that variation that I'm looking for throughout the month um so, but yeah, again, I would just start with one thing. Like if you want to start, if you're more inclined to start with like the cycle thing, the food portion, I would start with that. If you're more inclined to start with the training, I would start with that. Like I would just pick one thing and go from there just because it's, you know, um, just too overwhelming to do everything. And I would just like start with one thing and then slowly start incorporating, um, throughout the month. And I also think it like, I did, I've been journaling a lot through this whole journey too, of like writing how I feel and stuff like that too. And I think that's another helpful thing when women are like, how do I know like what day is I'm on in my cycle? It's like, it's really just trial and error. And it's really just recording how you feel throughout the month and really just listening to yourself. So um, I I found that like journaling is another thing that has been super helpful for me. And it's also just funny to look back like six months ago, how I was feeling on a certain day. And I'm just kind of like cracking up like, oh, wow, like, it's just kind of funny to like see that progression and um look back on kind of like where you started so um those are those are probably like the biggest questions just questions about the cycle um questions about birth control and then just like how can women start and like where to start that's really interesting about journaling I mean I suppose you could do it you could say if you were using the kind of um it's called going to call them maps but works uh of the cycle you could almost on each day just write a note of of, of how you felt because i mean there are a couple of things that i've started to notice one is nausea um just okay. just after my period which is weird um which is always scary um and um it's a slight melancholy at one point as well but like mm-hmm. after a few months i was like this is becoming a pattern but i probably yeah. would have picked up on it faster had i been making notes and be like oh yeah okay this is just my hormones <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, it's, if it's I, like if... I almost have two different, slightly sad phases. You know, there's the yeah. the, the pre-period. Oh my god, a, a puppy is going to make me cry, and then yeah. there's an almost joyous melancholy. I don't know. It's very, it's very difficult to explain, but they are two totally different, uh, extreme emotional periods. I mean, it doesn't. It's not something that impacts my ability to exist in the world. But I just noticed. Mm. Oh, you know, this video on Instagram might might 
make me react slightly differently to how it works. Oh, 100 percent yeah i'm like um, sobbing over puppy videos at one point of the month and then i'm you know laughing at them at a different point of the month but yeah i would guess if i had like my journal like mapped uh lined up with my uh workout schedule throughout the month and kind of just like like matched those days of like how i was feeling to like what phase i was in i would pretty like i'm sure they're like very closely tied to mm. what's going on with me throughout the month so um yeah it's been fun to to just like see that and read back on that journey and and everything yeah i love it it's great fantastic <laughs> oh thank you so much um i mean I'd, you recommended a book I'll, I'll put a link to that so that people can read it and learn more for themselves but it's so nice to kind of have it explained mm-hmm. in such simple terms yeah uh, that's not you know getting really really scientific and unclear because i can't tell you the amount of times i've thought i should really i should really work with my body and i should really work with my cycle and mm-hmm just not really getting anywhere with the information that's out there i've started and yeah. i kind of lost interest because it's just not clear enough for me and i don't really want to have to work everything out so thank you so much for explaining that so clearly um yeah and, and making it sound really um achievable and doable like you say you know planning different workouts for the month and things changing i mean that's going to keep me interested i don't know about other people mm-hmm. but having stuff the same every day and all the time i get really bored you know, I, yeah, I me, like too. me too. <laughs> me too. Me yeah. too. And I think a lot of people are the same. Um, a lot of people aren't, but a lot of people are. So it's it also just kind of, yeah, if you can work with your body so that it's performing to its best and you're being kind to yourself whilst also keeping yourself interested and giving yourself mm-hmm. what you need, that's great. That's such, so much better than yeah. kind of, yeah. And that's like, and that's like my goal with, you know, just like sharing this and sharing my journey. Like, I just want to help as many women as possible who probably have felt, you know, similar things and gone through similar things that I've gone through. I feel like it's like super helpful to hear people's stories. And like, also I am just like super passionate about, you know, health and fitness. And, um, I also am like totally uh, a visual learner. And also Mm -hmm. like, I just, need things broken down on like a simple level. And although my, I do have a a science background, but I just learn so differently. So like breaking it down into like, these are the phases and these are the intensity levels. And like, you know, think about spring, summer, fall, winter, like that just makes sense to me on like a basic level. So like uh, my goal is to just keep like sharing about this stuff and, you know, trying to explain it in like layman's terms. So like women can understand this and also just try and like have this, you know, story and like uh, method reach as many women as possible. Cause I think it's just so new and a lot of women don't know mm. about it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of just my goal and I'm going to keep sharing. I have like a lot of, um, content I'm going to share and like a lot more like educational stuff that, you know, I've been like working on, um, that I've learned that I'm going to continue to share. So, um, that's kind of my goal just like moving forward. So I love it. I mean, well, I think it's working because I found you and... <laughs> I'm, I'm so really, glad you did. Yeah, me too. I'm really glad I did. I'm really glad you came here to talk to me so that we can kind of help more women because OCR, there are a lot mm-hmm. of women who take part. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's still more a male-dominated sport, but there are a lot of women and a lot of ordinary women. There are a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, super elite athletes, but there are women like me who enjoy right. sports and you know do it for joy rather than competition um right. and love to keep strong and keep fit yep and and we need to we need to be working with our bodies so i think this will be super valuable 
for so many people. So really, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I mean, this makes me so happy and I'm, I'm really happy that you found me and I'm really happy to be here and just like have this conversation. Like this was just so much fun. So I'm really, I really appreciate it.